The Start On Demand. On demand. She's got three loved ones she can't visit because they're in lockdown. We'll speak to a Winnipeg woman who has three loved ones in care homes and she can't go to see them because of the pandemic. We'll also speak to a Winnipeg man who recently quit his job to buy into a yoga business because he one day wants to be a yoga instructor, but then the pandemic hit. Many people are turning up in hospital with injuries they've sustained while taking on projects at home to pass the time, so we'll have a conversation about the worst do-it-yourself misadventures we've gotten ourselves into, and just what were those weird lights in the sky? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Monday, March 30th podcast for The Start. McGarry and McNabb email to newstip at cjob.com from David. Hi, it's 5.45 a.m. and I'm in Nipawa and I looked up in the sky and saw at least 15 of what I assume to be aircraft in the sky flying west to east in a straight line, roughly equally distant. Any idea if the military has anything going on? And uh, I understand, uh, Loren, that I think you saw some of these weird lights over the weekend, didn't you? Well, no, what happened is that I, I went looking later because I saw tweets when I woke up Saturday morning from different uh, folks, some of them are listeners, about these, what, what, what sounded like straight lines in the sky. So it wasn't just different flashing lights from planes. It was more of like a really uniformed system. And so a couple of folks shared videos with me. And then I decided to reach out to Scott Young at the planetarium. And he said, oh, yep, there's something in the sky. All right. So uh, get your theories going. He's going to explain to us at 935 what they might be. That's great. Yeah, I saw one tweet, somebody describing the lights as uh, like just sort of single file like ants almost. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, some of the video on that as well. Mackling, in the meantime, you, uh, you are you sort of feeling like you want to reach for the sky and, and, and enjoy because you got yourself a new gadget to improve your broadcast at home? Well, I hope it sounds a little bit better in terms of the quality over the air. Do I, do I sound different? A little bit, yeah. A little bit Younger. more muscular. Oh, yeah. oh, I yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about this because I can actually hear myself and, and talk back. And so that way I don't have to shout at you guys because I've had my headphones on and not been able to hear myself in the headphones. So now you guys don't have to put up with my shouting. Are we giving away what those uh, ants in the sky actually are? Are we going to wait for Scott Young? Uh, I think we should. Uh, I kind of want to wait. I, I, I want to be surprised. Okay. Just to see what people guess. It's I like funny the because mystery. if you, yeah, I like the mystery, but also I think you know, it, it's nice to have a little bit of what's the word mystery. The or did you just say mystery? Did I just say the exact same word that you just said? <laughs> I did, didn't I? <laughs> let me just let me just get a, let me elucidate for a little bit about what word I think we should mm, go to. Elucidate. Mystery. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well done, uh, Greg. Also, one of the things you were bouncing around this morning was what's the the one thing that you saw, that you read, that you heard over the weekend that left you hopeful as uh, you exit the weekend and head into the week. What was it for you? Did you, did something stick out for you? 
Yeah, there were two or three things, actually. And the one I think that I got most excited about, you know, I'm a little bit of a, uh, not a tech nerd, but I, I like new inventions. And I like uh, when when private industry steps up and innovation takes hold. You know, Dyson, they've got those uh, incredible, the air blade dryers in a lot of the public washrooms now. They've got some of the best vacuum cleaners. Well, they've stepped up to create thousands of ventilators in the midst of this corona pandemic, coronavirus pandemic, and they designed and built this product in 10 days. So they've come up with a design, and now they're going to build uh, 15,000 ventilators to use in Great Britain. And just mm. another example of getting the job done, stepping up when things are at their worst, making the best of a bad situation. So I want to tip my hat to Dyson for that. That's cool. And we got a text here, Loren, from Rob, that uh, will excite you because it involves Minidosa. Uh-huh. And Rob says, I just wanted to relay an uplifting story happening in Minidosa. There's... Uh, kind of a teddy bear hunt. People are hanging teddy bears or stuffed things in their windows so families who are bored, they can go for a drive around town and see if they can spot them all. Not sure if the group is on Facebook. I think it's What's Happening Minidosa where you can find the list for what to look for. My house has a large stuffed Mario and a teddy bear. Thought Loren might like to hear this. That's from I Rob. do like to hear that. Thank you, Rob. That's awesome. There's all sorts of people doing fun things. I, I noticed in our neighborhood there are different uh, homes that have put artwork from the kids in the windows and Greg you were saying you hope to get a shout out from people on the things that sort of lifted you up this weekend and one of the really cool things I saw is there's all sorts of people who of course are going to have birthdays birthdays in these times of uh, self-isolation and social distancing and so I have a friend uh, whose daughter turned eight yesterday and of course couldn't have the party but she invited people to drive by at a certain time and so the, the street was just filled with folks driving by waving shouting screaming with their little balloons out the windows at this little girl so that she at least knew everyone was thinking of her It'll be an unforgettable birthday for more reasons than one, but uh, hopefully it's for the one you just outlined, uh, Loren. That is very uplifting. Thanks for that. Love that story. And what uh, what got me, I think, actually, uh, <laughs> it had to do with pizza. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, got to come back to food. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that's that's basically where my life is at right now. By the way, <laughs> is the, I'm already looking forward to the weekend for whatever form of takeout I'm planning to get. I think I'm leaning towards Santa Lucia uh, this upcoming weekend. But on Friday, I ordered pizza, and I know we have pizza places who advertise on this radio station. Santa Lucia, Boston Pizza, but I like to mix it up. Uh, you know, it's usually Santa Lucia, but sometimes I like to get from Tony's because I used to live uh, Corden and Harrow, so I'd go uh, to Tony's because it was like a five-minute drive on Pemina. And uh, when I ordered the pizza on Friday, I think I called at 5.30, and they said it might be an hour and a half, an hour 45. That's how swamped they were. And they sent out a tweet saying, hey, everyone, just a quick thank you. We had an amazing day of sales on Friday. We fed a lot of hungry people. We are humbled to be the choice of many last night, and we are grateful. So I think it just made me happy to see that people are stepping up to order uh, as much takeout as they can to help our restaurants stay alive in this uh, tumultuous time. And uh, the pizza only took an hour to arrive, so I didn't hmm. have to quite wait an, wait an hour 45. You and, can tell yourself in a month's time when you're up 12 pounds that you did it for a good cause, Brett. That's right. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm telling myself every time. I noticed uh, yesterday that suddenly the belt notch had to go up <laughs> in the wrong direction uh, by one, so I, oh, I need to get oh. a hold of that. 
The province is warning people to be safe while they're self-isolating at home. Health officials have noticed a number of people arriving at hospitals with injuries caused by special projects around the house. We are hearing that some patients uh, are taking on some projects that they maybe haven't before, including power tools. So um, they, there's some injuries happening. While officials say it's good to take on projects to pass the time, they're reminding people to be careful. That's Global's Shalima Maharaj, and that inspired the conversation we're about to have. D, what is that? Is somebody doing a project at home? <laughs> it wasn't me. Mackling? Oh, is that me? I don't know. Is that you, Jeff? Are you... Yeah, I was uh, doing some dishes in the kitchen. <laughs> well, Jeff Bryan's here. Oh. Kelly Moore, Jeff Forte, Greg Mackling, Loren McNabb, and I'm Brett McGarry. And right now we're going to talk about DIY stuff gone wrong. And I, I told you Andy's text was hilarious, so I'll just start with Andy's text because, God, it made me laugh. Andy says, our house was new and I had to build the basement. The first step was sealing the vapor barrier with the most evil compound created by mankind. Acousta seal. This black tar-like substance sticks to everything. I ended up with it all over myself, the floor, the ladder, and anything else in range just covered with this stuff. Sounds like something I would do. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Who wants to lead us off? Who's got an example? Well, Kelly? I, uh, as my family would tell you, uh, me with a screwdriver or a hammer in my hand should be registered with the uh, RCMP as a deadly <laughs> weapon. <laughs> uh, there was, a, I can't remember which house it was, but uh, there was a house we uh, purchased and the base of the shower floor was leaking. So I decided, I'll fix that. Okay. Uh, you cannot chisel plastic, as I found out. And uh, so as I was trying to install this drain, uh, Coles Notes version, it was an absolute mess. And it wound up costing me probably twice as much to have a professional <laughs> come in and fix it. Oh, God. Uh, but, but at least the good news is I did not need to be hospitalized. Well, that, oh, good. that's not true. Uh, <laughs> after my wife got through with me, I, I did need treatment. <laughs> <laughs> McNabb, you've got a good one. Well, I, I'm not really a handy person. I don't do a ton of that. But I do Google a lot of do-it-yourself things for, you know, recipes or face masks or hair masks. And so I have in front of me the recipe I used a few years ago for dry hair. It was the end of summer and your hair is dry from sun and swimming and all the rest. It's honey and banana mixed together. So you can imagine how sticky those would be. <laughs> And I missed the step where it said, wet your hair first. Oh, no. So I just slapped the stuff all over my dry hair and, like, massaged it in. And an hour later, I was still in the shower, like, pulling out clumps of banana, just chunks of banana and hair. It was disgusting. And also, my hair, I think, got drier as a result. So... It was just stupid. I just missed one key step. I, I doubt it would have worked anyway, but yes, I do. I love do-it-yourself, like, home beauty treatments. Bron? Please tell me there's a picture of that somewhere. Uh, no, no picture. Dang. Oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm like Kelly. I'm no good at stuff around the house, and I know that, so I don't really try. I did uh, change a light switch once, which actually surprised myself. The one thing I did try to do and sort of did properly a few years ago with a buddy of mine was put my barbecue together and we're going through the instructions and we're trying to follow the pictures and it doesn't always make a lot of sense but in the end the barbecue was put together but the wheels are on the wrong side oh no <laughs> 
And we tried to look back to figure it out. It's like, well, how'd that happen? And we discovered that the problem was step one is what we screwed up. First like, step. Well, it took us three hours since step one, so we're not going backwards. It's not like I'm going to drive this thing down the street or anything. It doesn't matter what side the wheels are on. Okay, so it, but it's, it's functional? Yeah, it cooks the food. It just looks weird. Fortier? Uh, for me, uh, well, it's more about my brother. He was making homemade candy, and as anyone knows, when you're cooking with sugar, that gets extremely, extremely hot. And so, like, my mom's in the kitchen, we're all in the kitchen, he's making this, and he decides to stick his finger oh, in, into, <laughs> into this hot, sugary no. mess. And he's That's screaming, awesome. and my mom knows how hot sugar gets, so she's yelling. She's like, what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? Put, put your finger underwater. And, like, my brother was in that much pain, so me and him were laughing about it, but my mom was freaking out, thinking, like, he burnt his finger off. But uh... <laughs> Mackling, we've got 30 seconds. You got an example that you can maybe tease? Sure. I had about 17 on my list that I could choose from. The last time I did a project around here, I damn near lost my left pinky finger. How about we leave it there for now? Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb getting lots of text messages on home projects gone wrong. Try to do it yourself. Two text messages have been isolated here. Greg, you read the first one. McNabb, the second. Greg, go. Mom used to say, help your dad. You might learn something. The only thing I ever learned was how to get yelled at and how to hold the flashlight. <laughs> and uh, I learned how to conjugate uh, all sorts of swear words into different forms and different parts of sentences from my grandfather over the years. So I can relate to that one big time. Yeah, I love that one. And another listener sent us a text with a photo. They write, I was laying flu- floor glue down and backed into my parrot cage and the parrot bit my butt i jumped forward and landed in the glue and then they followed up with a picture of a yeah i'd say he's a biter he's a cute parrot but he looks like he's got quite the nip on him so that that had me laughing just the idea that the parrot would go at him as soon as he backed into his cage beautiful stuff and that is eric the parrot so thank you so much uh, for sending those stories and keep them coming at 204-780-6868 and we will share them throughout including greg's story which he teased about 10 minutes ago maybe we'll sneak that in in our next segment but we start this hour with how daily there are announcements from the federal government on new strategies and dollars to help Canadians stay afloat during COVID-19. An announcement is expected this week for charities and non-profits, while on Friday there was a big change in the original plan for small businesses. Last week, we had announced that we would cover 10% of wages, but it's becoming clear that we need to do more, much more. So we're bringing that percentage up to 75% for qualifying businesses. That was huge, gigantic for many businesses, but that doesn't mean the doors stay open. If you've driven through Winnipeg's downtown over the past few days, you'll notice a a change. Closed signs are up and at many shops and and restaurants, which is why our next guest says they're trying to do what they can to help. Loren? Kate. Kate Fenske is the CEO of Downtown Biz. And in just a few hours, they're going to launch a webinar that they hope can help small and medium-sized businesses work through this and then maybe even look at recovery plans down the road. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. Let's start with the change you've seen downtown. Did the hits come harder and faster than even you anticipated, Kate? 
Yeah, and I think we saw them earlier too. Um, you know, the primary customer base for downtown businesses really are downtown workers. And so when um, companies and, and organizations were telling their workers that, you know, to be safe, work from home if you can, we really saw, see that drop happen early. Uh, so some businesses are still making a go of it, um, adapting their plans, figuring out how to do delivery if they weren't doing delivery before for many restaurants. But there has definitely been a big shift downtown. And we talk about, you know, um, the more successful a downtown is, it's really about the activity and the people on the streets. And we're not seeing that today. So we're thinking ahead. We're looking forward as to how these businesses can hit the ground running, so to speak. Kate, once uh, things get back to quote-unquote normal, what are you doing today in order to help facilitate that? We've been having conversations with our downtown businesses for the last couple of weeks, and what we're hearing consistently is, you know, what do I do? There are government supports out there. I don't know if I should stay open, if I should close. Are there things I should be doing differently? So this morning we wanted to offer a conversation and discussion with a few experts. So at 9.45 this morning, we're doing an online webinar, and we've opened it up to all Winnipeg businesses. There's no charge. You just need to register online beforehand to get the link. And we've got Jay Shaw, um, who's been doing the press conferences with Mayor Brian Bowman. He's the Assistant Chief of Emergency Management and Public Information. And, you know, we were talking a few months ago, before we even saw this coming, I would say maybe six to nine months ago, about business continuity planning. And when we're looking at how do we get to the other side of this, once you know the public health um, uh, aspect of it is taken care of and everyone is safe, businesses really need to be able to bounce back quickly. And that's critical for our economy. Governments can't bounce back until the economy does. So what are things that business owners can be doing right now? What are things they should be looking at right now so they can recover as quickly as possible when we do get to the other side of this? I understand that uh, some businesses you thought would maybe be able to stay open for a few more weeks have already decided to close their doors. Uh, What's prompted them, I guess, to, to close up shop prematurely? The challenge really is, you know, it, uh, we saw drops of maybe 40% in revenue in the beginning. Um, and when it drops further than that, it, it, it's a challenge. So if you can keep going, and, and a lot of businesses are finding other ways to monetize what they're doing, um, coming up with unique ways to take their businesses online, but that's not always possible. So if the money isn't coming in, but you still have to pay your rent, and rent is coming due this Wednesday for a lot of businesses, and those could be in the thousands of dollars uh, for that space. So what are the challenges around that and can you still pay employees? And it is really great to hear the change of the federal government plan, boosting it up to 75%. So that will help some, but not all. So we just really want to provide what are some things that businesses can be thinking about doing right now to stay afloat. Um, It really is about cash, clarity and continuity. Those Those are the things we want to focus on in the webinar this morning. Kate, tough space to be in for so many people. And you mentioned the idea of rent coming due on Wednesday and the cash flow that many hope is coming from the federal government. That money will still take time to get to people. How hard is it just mentally to to push through this, given that just a few months ago we were talking about downtown strategies and combating crime and and all those very uh, typical things, if I can use those words, for Winnipeg. And now we've entered just a whole other realm where people really don't know what's coming next. What's your message to them on that uncertainty front? You're right, Loren. When we were talking about a couple months ago, we were talking about this positive shift that we were seeing. You know, there was more cranes in the skies. There was more activity. There was an energy downtown. 
And that has shifted, and that's across cities across Canada, across the world. Um, and it's a challenge when it's really been heartbreaking talking with business owners when they're having to make tough decisions about how can they protect their employees, how do they support them, how are they going to put food on their own table for their families at home. And I think as a community, Winnipeg always steps in to support each other. We've seen some really great support from Winnipeggers uh, that are helping out. There was a business uh, that does poke bowls that just opened on March 9th. Um, and was struggling. And when Winnipeggers found out about it, you know, he sold out of his poke bowls in one day. Uh, so he's adapting his business model. So I think what it is, is for all of us to figure out how can we support local businesses right now from our homes if we're working from home? And then how do we help them when it is safe to come back downtown? What does that look like? And how do we provide the support there as well? Kate Fenske is the CEO of Downtown Winnipeg Biz, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Kate, thank you for this. Thank you, and uh, I promise I won't be doing any painting or renovations anytime soon. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, it sounds like she went to the 680 CJOB uh, School of Renovations. Most of us are <laughs> clearly ill-equipped. Mackling's good with the tools, I believe, but he's got a story up next of uh, something. How did you describe it, Greg? You almost lost your finger? I almost lost my left pinky finger, at least the tip of it. I still have the scar six weeks later to show for it. Oh, God. Mackling McGarry McNabb waiting for the hammer to fall in the wrong spot, talking about do-it-yourself projects gone wrong. And we got a text from one listener whom I will not name based on the sensitive nature of this text, but it reads, My ex decided to DIY an oil change on the car. Long story short, had to replace the engine. She didn't fill the filter before installing it. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> God. Thank you for that, sir. And now, Mackling, what happened? You almost cut your pinky off? Yeah, this was just a few weeks ago. About six weeks ago, I had I have one of those you know wobbly IKEA shelves that we probably all have somewhere in our house. And I said, okay, today's the day. I'm I'm fixing it. The boys were home. We took everything out of the shelf. We laid it down. We screwed it. We glued it. We took it apart. Put it back together. And the last piece of the puzzle was to trim a piece of wood to brace it so that we could screw it to the wall. And I was holding the jigsaw. Oh, God backhanded and I clipped somehow clipped the trigger and my finger was not where it should have been and I swear to goodness I um, kept my calm because my kids were there all I said was please get dad a towel and some ice as I calmly walked upstairs (laughs) to the bathroom I was sure I was certain that uh, my finger was severed but uh, I think my fingernail saved me but it's still black and purple it was nasty and that's just one i've got a dozen over uh well i used to started building stuff with my grandpa when i was 13 so 37 years of building stuff i've fallen off a few ladders over the years and what was it once again loren the the recipe was bananas and honey yeah sounds reasonable right that's gonna moisturize your hair right up that's what i put on my hair i've also followed recipes for uh exfoliation with coffee grinds and uh, i've got a lot of tricks and tips to make you look the exact same as you do right now (laughs) so in other words they do nothing they do nothing but they're fun to try who doesn't want to crack an egg on their head and just see what happens right Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb on Friday, we were sharing with you some audio of the Cheers 
Horns and Sirens in Vancouver, where every night at 7 p.m. Pacific time, people step out on their balconies in a tribute to frontline workers. So that had us asking, is something similar happening here? Yeah, and listener Deborah was quick to tell us, yes, that in Transcona, a group of residents are working hard to show their support and basically cheer one another up. So Deborah, listener Deb, passed me on to another Deb, who says it all started with a little something like this. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Classic from SNL. Now, we're not sure if that's exactly how it went down, but cowbells are definitely a part of it. And when I found out who was a part of this, I was not surprised. An old friend of mine, Transcona resident, Debbie Jaworski, joins us now. Good morning, Deb. Hi, (laughs) GMAC. It's been a while. It's been almost 10 years since we've spoken to each other, but I'm not surprised you're leading the charge here. Tell us what's going on in Transcona on your street, and how often are you doing it? Well, yeah, I've been trying, and it all started last Saturday, actually, last Saturday morning. So it's just really been a week, and exactly uh, with the clip you showed there, that's what it was all stemmed from was the SNL skit. Uh, I guess on the Friday, uh, another friend had shared the skit on Facebook, uh, the meme, of course. And I thought that was funny. And so Saturday morning, I woke up and put a post on our Transcona and Proud of It page. And uh, that evening, after 8 o'clock, I was uh, receiving some videos and pictures of uh, youth and kids going out, and not only with just cowbells, but we had uh, people banging on uh, their garbage bins and recycling bins. Another lady brought out her xylophone outside. So it was really, really interesting to see. And then it just sort of stemmed from there. What time of, of day are you guys doing this? Oh, we go at 8 o'clock at night. And uh, just step outside and uh, ring a cowbell, pots and pans. A lot of people are using pots and pans, which work really, works really good. And uh, one night last week, actually, I uh, didn't really have a, a good cowbell, but I started banging with a metal pipe on the side of my fire pit. <laughs> and so then I stopped and then I hear this these pots and pans going maybe just down the block a little bit down the back lane and I said oh my gosh I got so excited I can hear you I can hear you because it was it was quiet but uh when I heard those pots and pans then we started banging back and forth and it was it was really interesting and it was lots of fun I was just going to say, it sounds like lots of fun, Debbie. And as you're talking now, I see another tweet out on uh, from a woman who lives in downtown who's talking about how today they're going to sing uh, from their balconies at Kiwanis Place or at Kiwanis Chateau. And there's yes. all these different groups that are just trying to trying to just, A, I think, show a little bit of solidarity. But also, I mean, there, there has to be room for some joy. Why are you doing this? What, 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 what's your purpose in just making some of these noises? That's exactly what it what it is, is just joy. Like you have to have a little bit of laughter and you have to really try and just, you know, look at the positive in things. And uh, 
it's hard to do. I know we all know that, but you just have to try and, and continue on. And I'm quite a goofy person. <laughs> For anyone that knows me, I'm a little bit goofy. So I like doing fun things like that. I'm a kid in like <laughs> in a grown-up's body, basically. But uh, And that's another thing that you had just mentioned and touched on was that there are across the city, there are many different things going on. And so really this is such a great way to recognize um, not just us doing cowbells in Transcona, but there's lots of things going on around the city. Um, And I think that's wonderful. And we need to continue to spread that kindness because really that's all we have right now in this, uh, you know, time of limbo, if you will. So why not, you know, try to put a spin on it and just hang in there. We're all in this together. Every day is a new day and uh, just have fun while we can. Inspiring and enthusiastic are the words that come to mind when I think of you, Deb. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Can I ask one more quick question to Debbie? Do you have more than one cowbell at home? How many cowbells do you have? Oh, well, I have two little cowbells. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have a a horn, one of these plastic horns from the Bomber Games. Got that. We were blowing that outside. Uh, Banging on my fire pit seems to work the loudest. (laughs) I I love the ingenuity. That's Uh, awesome. Thank you, Debbie. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, and spread the word. All right, Debbie Worski joining us live on 680 CJOB from my old stomping grounds, Transcona. I grew up in Transcona, and it will always be home to me. So good to hear uh, you doing out, that out there, Debbie. Mackling McGarry McNabb text message from Mike Maskell at 204-780-6868 because we've been talking about do-it-yourself projects. More people are turning up in hospital with injuries from projects they're taking on at home to pass the time during the uh, pandemic. So Mike says, my do-it-yourself disaster example goes way back to when I was a 14-year-old. My dad needed a hand on a repair on a plastic piece that broke in his car. He was going to hold the pieces together while I was going to use the hot glue gun. As I squeezed the trigger on the gun... Too much hot glue came out, and some, not a lot, and then some more came out, not a lot, but it landed on his hand. I learned some of uh, some new swear words that day. Can't use a glue gun now without hearing him. Cheers, Mike. So thanks for that text, Mike, and you can keep those texts coming at 204-780-6868. But we start this hour. Uh, Loren, over the weekend, you spotted a tweet from someone who was just heartbroken over the fact that she couldn't go visit her dad. Post the afternoon drive at our sister station in Vancouver. And on Saturday, she tweeted, quote, just talk to my dad in long-term care. He says, I just don't know what's going on. I told him no one does. It's a strange time. But he doesn't understand why no one's coming to visit him. And he's stressed. This just sucks. So that was heartbreaking to read. It got a whole host of people writing in about their struggles to visit people they love. And so we reached out to the Manitoba Association of Senior Centres, where we learned that the executive director, who doesn't just advocate for people in this circumstance, she has three people in her life she's unable to visit, Greg, because their nursing homes are under lockdown due to COVID. 
And you know, guys, I think Mike's text message highlights the connection, the memories and the times that we spend either with our parents or our grandparents and how special they are to us. Connie Newman joins us now. Connie, great to connect with you again. Good morning. Good morning to you guys. You spend so much of your time advocating for seniors and now in many ways you're you're part of the story. You're not necessarily used to that. Who in your life are you unable to visit face-to-face right now? Well, there are three of them, uh, very important and very dear to my heart. I am fortunate, I believe, and I think many out there are, because two of the three are doing video chats on a regular basis, which does put us in front of the people that we find so very dear to us. So I, because they're thinking outside of the box in the three places that I have to connect to, uh, bouquets to them and thank you to them for doing what they're doing. Because the last thing we want to do is bring the virus into a compromised situation in long-term care. So that's the main concern then, the the possibility of bringing COVID-19 into one of these facilities? Absolutely. Absolutely, because most people in long-term care have other extenuating circumstances, other medical circumstances. And if we walk in there as a carrier, then we're not helping our loved ones. As hard as it is, we can connect by phone. One of the gentlemen phones me every night at 20 after 5, 5.30, and we have a decent conversation. Is he happy with it? No. Is it the best for right now? Yes. I think everyone probably understands the need to stay away in this circumstance, Connie, but we also know that that isolation can add its own challenges to people's health and that in in, in the past, people know that when you don't have that human connection, that also can be detrimental to someone's health. So you mentioned the video chats as a way to reach out if facilities are able to provide the ability for folks to do those video chats. You talked about that uh, afternoon phone call. What else can we do to help? Is it really just about calling and phoning and even writing as much as we can? Well, what I've done for all three of them, I'm on a regular keeping track of the dates, sending cards or pictures to them. You know, if we go back many, many years, we used to get snail mail on a regular basis and sending a card of, I'm thinking of you, uh, put something in front of them that is special, and they are special. So that's something else I'm doing right here, right now, because I've got the time, and I'm isolated. So some traditional correspondence, maybe hearkening back to the good old days, sit down, write a note, type something up if your penmanship isn't isn't up to it. And I mentioned earlier, Connie, that I was sharing a video from Mel Brooks and his son, Max, who yeah. for two weeks have been uh, doing a very good job at physical distancing. Max will go and visit his father, stand outside on their patio or on their deck, and dad will be on the other side of the glass, and they'll talk via phone. So... They're, they're, they're getting about as, as physical as you can get whilst uh, keeping that uh, physical barrier in between the two of them. Uh, there would be nothing wrong with, with driving to uh, the building where one of your friends or loved ones are, and if they could even look out a window from multiple stories up and, and sort of see you, I think that would expand that sense of connection. Absolutely. I, we need uh, Times are different today. And there's not only people in long-term care that have 
extenuating medical circumstances. There are people living in their own homes there that are also medically frail, I'm going to call it. And we have to think outside the box as to how we connect with them. I believe a picture is worth a thousand words. With uh, that in mind, Connie, and, and the message that you're giving to us is so great. What are you hearing back from some of the, the people you're talking to and your friends in these long-term care facilities? Do they understand what's happening? And do, do these phone calls go a long way? Well, the one, it, it absolutely does, because I can hear in his voice how how good it feels to connect every day, 5.30-ish, with him, and it's that connection to the outside. And I do know that some of these long-term care are looking for ways to help their residents connect with the outside, all right, Connie Newman joining us live on 680 CJOB. She is the executive director of the Manitoba Association of Senior Centers. Thank you so much for the time. We appreciate this very much. Listen, you guys have a good day too. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Question of the day brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. More people are turning up at hospitals with injuries from taking on projects at home to pass the time. Are you tackling the DIY projects you've been avoiding? Your options are yes, getting material delivered. Yes, going out to get material. No, the budget won't allow it. Or no, too lazy. You can cast your vote at cjob.com. We've also thrown it up on Twitter, at 680CJOB. And John texted us at 204-780-6868, saying, We were replacing carpet for laminate and to remove the little boards full of nails that hold the carpet down near the outside wall. I was using an ice chipper. It was perfect. But when it got stuck at one point, I pulled back on it, and the handle hit me in the face. Black eye for almost two weeks. Ouch. Ugh. Those ice chippers, they're they're pretty hefty, so I could see that. It makes me think yeah, of the scene. They're very useful, but uh, uh, you don't want was, to use it that way, right, Loren? Well, I, don't, I was thinking more of, I, I completely derailed there and thought of that movie, is it This Is 40, and they talk about the wood chipper, and she turns to her husband and says, have you ever thought about ways to kill me? And, <laughs> and he says, oh, yeah, wood chipper. <laughs> He just, he already had it down. <laughs> and the most violent of ways, too. So I'm just thinking of all these spouses and partners and roommates and all the rest who are home and spending a lot of time together. And then your partner or friend pulls out a, oh, now let's fix this. And you're like, I will literally take that hammer to your head if this continues because you don't know how to fix things, you know? <laughs> Well, I'm glad then that I don't have to worry about that because I am terrible. <laughs> I am just embarrassingly awful with uh, having to when it comes to fixing things and building things. So, uh, yeah, I'll just uh, stay at home and do the dishes and fold laundry. That's about as uh, as hard work that I have to do. Now, right now, we want to talk about entrepreneurship, which is an endeavor which is not for the faint at heart. There are multiple factors which you need to consider as you pursue the opening of your dream restaurant, launch of that revolutionary piece of technology, or perhaps, Greg, the purchase of an already existing, thriving business. Well, our last example is the move our next guest chose in the last few weeks. Can you imagine deciding to leave your successful career in pursuit of the work-life balance you've been seeking for yourself and others only to land smack dab in the middle of this global pandemic and subsequent 
economic crisis. Reed Davies is leaving, living this reality. He is the new co-owner of Moda Yoga, and he joins us this morning. Namaste, Reed. <laughs> Namaste, Greg, and uh, <laughs> and everybody else. After laying things out the way we did, are you sure you're still willing to speak with us for a few minutes? Oh here? yeah, no, no kidding. That's you're, it's funny. I, uh, my big piece of life advice to everybody is uh, when they ask me how I'm doing in my new world, I say, my, you know, just uh, don't buy uh, two yoga studios right before a pandemic. That's my oh. that's my advice for everybody. Oh, it's so it's heartbreaking to so hear. T- tell us. <laughs> Go ahead, Loren. It's heartbreaking to hear, Reed, just because I think that there's so many people are in your positions. We have friends and colleagues and all the rest who started a business within the last few months, and here they are, right? And so we kind of would like to know, let's take us back before we get to where you are right now. What was behind your decision to leave your position and and pursue life as the owner of a group of yoga studios? <laughs> well, I'm, I, I mean, I've been working in sales for most of my career and traveling, uh, you know, every other week to different places across the U.S. and Canada, and it just, uh, yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't, become, it wasn't that much fun anymore, uh, and I worked with great people, I worked with great companies, but I remember when I first went to the, my first yoga class about 11 years ago, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to become a yoga teacher one day uh, when I grow up, and uh, and then the opportunity, you know, sort of came about last summer, we started, I started talking with the owner, uh, the current owner, about uh, buying in, and the timing was perfect. So uh, the timing was perfect to buy in. <laughs> the timing not so perfect uh, post uh, post buying in, but you know, still still very upbeat and positive about it. Just need to get through it, you know. So any regrets? Uh, yet, well, you know, maybe the only regret was that I didn't buy in sooner. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I you know, I don't think so. I don't. Ha- I don't have any regrets. Uh, I'm. You know, I'm I'm actually very positive about where what we're doing, where we're going, how we're maintaining the community. You know, we closed down on the 16th or 17th of March. We paid our staff for the last two weeks, uh, and you know they were very grateful for that. And so I'm super grateful for you know the government programs that are coming out to help our staff. Uh, I'm actually surprisingly positive, which which is I guess you know tough these days but I, i'm you know i'm looking forward to coming out on the other side so reed talk about how you manage your employees and and the folks that are involved in the studio and and how you've managed to, to keep them involved with this venture and what's got to be a really tough time for them yeah that's a good question i mean we we yoga is a very um i call it like a deep feeling community and a very you know uh connected community and so we, you know, we have, uh, we've taken advantage of Zoom. I've been using Zoom for a long time, but we take advantage of it at the yoga studios. We have virtual calls uh, almost daily with, you know, our, de- our front desk managers and our, our manager. And, and then we have weekly calls with our teachers. You know, we use, we use technology like Slack and, you know, FaceTime and all that sort of stuff. And it, it's, been, it's been good. I mean, everybody's staying connected. We, we offer an online platform that my partner... Uh, put together uh, over a very short period of time that has on-demand classes. And then we offer, you know, live classes on Instagram with our teachers, and that's been very, very popular. So, you know, taking advantage of technology and trying to, re- you know, remaining contactless in this uh, uncertain time. Boy, it sounds like you've thought of a lot of things to, to sort of innovate and adapt as you go on. I'm wondering, Reed, 
in what you've been hearing from government in the promises that are made, we saw that up uh, the increase to the subsidy from Trudeau last Friday from 10 percent to 75 percent. Is there is there still a piece of the puzzle that's missing for you or do you feel like at the at the moment, at least right now, you've got the tools that government can give to hopefully help you get through this? Yeah, I think I mean, I, I'm there, I, I mean, I can't say enough. I actually get a little like emotional talking about how good the government's being with uh, with this and making change, you know, making changes when they see that changes are needed. I think the big thing for ourselves and small business owners and a lot of people is uh, the big thing that we need is relief from landlords and understanding from landlords because, I mean, we're shut down. Um, you know, we've got we've got some revenue coming in, but we've got a number of you know a number of expenses to pay with that revenue. But the landlord relief is really what's needed, and 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 I know that's been you know talked about these days, but there's been no. No great direction I find on on that. I mean, we we you know we're we're negotiating with our landlords and uh, have put forward a proposal to pay a portion of it and then make it up when we you know when we get back up and running. Uh, but I think that's that's kind of the piece of the puzzle in my mind that's missing. What about so doing yoga? Still, no, go ahead, Greg. Yeah, I was probably going to ask the exact same question, Brett. So you go right ahead, my friend. Uh, the question I was going to ask you is. While we're trapped at home, and if we're, especially if we're dealing with any anxiety or we're just kind of stressed out uh, about life, is, would you recommend maybe trying yoga to help us sort of calm ourselves down? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, I <laughs> when I when I put in my in my, in my application for uh, uh, for becoming uh, you know a member of this community and an, and an owner, uh, they said, why you know why yoga? And I said, well, my, my first line was my family likes me better when I'm doing yoga because, uh, you know, I tend to get a little excited about things. And I think this is a perfect time to start trying yoga. And our online platform has, you know, from introductory to, you know, you know very, uh, very detailed classes, you know, and just a 20-minute, you know, breathing practice because most people don't take enough time to, to breathe. And breathing really helps, you know, calm you down. So I've you know, I highly recommend folks try it and happy to send out, uh, send out a promo code for a free month on online, which, uh, you know, which hopefully, hopefully takes us through to the end of this, but who knows. Hey, Reed, thanks for doing this and, and keep in touch with us. Okay. And, and, and keep us abreast of how you're making out, uh, as we, as we navigate these, uh, unprecedented waters. Appreciate oh, the that's time. Great. Well, thanks very much for having me and, uh, enjoy listening, uh, enjoy listening to your folks all the time. All right, Reed Davies joining us live on 680 CJOB. He is the new co-owner of Modo Yoga. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we have a $50 gift card for Skip the Dishes on the line at 204-780-6868. If you can answer this question this morning, only one in three people remember this important life event. What is it? Mackling McNabb, do you have a guess? Mackling, do you know? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something silly. So no, I don't have a guess. <laughs> okay, McNabb, do you think you know? I always think I know, and I'm always wrong. So sure, yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, well, let's see if Blaine knows. Hello there, Blaine. Do you know? Yeah, I'm gonna take a guess. Uh, gonna assume your spouse's or significant other's uh, birth date. No, no, that's that's a great guess though, but that's not it. Yeah, I, uh, you don't want to forget that. One in three people, only one in three people remember this important life event. 
What is it? Kevin? Um, going to say your wife's, your anniversary. The anniversary. Another solid guess, but no, that's not it. And maybe I'll add a, maybe I'll add a caveat. It's not a recurring thing. It's not something that, you know, comes up every year. It's a one, it's a historical event in your life. Does that help at all with the hint there, Mackling? With you? It, it, it does. I sent you my guess. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just going to pull up my phone here and go into the WhatsApp. Uh, no, but you're on the right track. Okay, okay. okay. Just not quite that far. Okay, got it. Tracy, <laughs> do you know what the answer is? Um, I'm going to, I don't know. I'm totally, totally guessing your graduation. No, no, that's not it. But I would suspect it's in that, uh, could be in that same era. Thank you for the guess, Tracy. Only one in three people remember this important life event. Wayne, do you know the answer, sir? The birth of your first child. The Oh, Wayne. <laughs> wow. But not the second, right? You always remember the second, huh? Second is inconsequential, Loren. <laughs> I'm a second. That's why I'm asking. No, that's not it, Wayne. I'm sorry, buddy. God, I don't want to forget that. Dave, do you know the answer? Uh, the day you met your spouse. Uh, no, that's not it. But uh, I'd say Dave is uh, is warming up. He's he's heating up. To put it into NBA Jam terms, he's heating up. He's Der- heating up. Derek? Um, the time you were born. Oh, I don't remember that time I was born either. I wasn't a sentient human being really till I was about three or four years old. But no, Derek, that's oh. not it. I'm sorry, buddy. Okay, bye. Okay, good so guess. Could we could we do like uh, getting warmer, getting colder? Ah, uh, no, I think I'll just. I don't want. We don't want to lead them directly there. Just gotta give. Well, we'll see. We've got two minutes. We'll see how many. Okay. <laughs> Monday, Brad has no time for this. He, you better get it right, or he's not giving it to you. I think that's how this is going. Well, let's see if Mandy can defeat Monday, Brad. Do you know the answer, Mandy's Mandy? Got it. Your first kiss. Mandy comes through on yes. a Monday. Your first kiss. Only one in three people remember this important life event. What is it? It's a first kiss. Do you, remem- do you remember yours, Mandy? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Why unfortunately, Mandy? Because uh, it was one of my best friends and we were trying to figure out how to kiss, if that makes sense. Oh, you were just like, trying to teach each other? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, hey, oh, it looks like Mackling did get it on his second guess. Well, Mandy, congratulations to you. Thank you so much for playing. I'm going to put you on hold and just going to get your details off the air. Awesome. Okay. Uh, congratulations to Mandy. M- McNabb, do you remember your first kiss? You don't need to share the details. I do. I do. Good or bad? Uh, I'm going to say bad. Real bad. Yeah. How old? 13, I think. Grade 12, maybe grade 7. Yeah. (laughs) Why are you wincing? Is that too young? No, I was in like grade 4. Oh, I'm not. Are you not counting? Like, I'm I'm talking talking about the very first time it was a French kiss, if you know what I mean. Ah. That's still a term, and I was just appalled that that could even be a thing that anybody (laughs) would ever want to put into anyone else's. Like, I was just, why is this happening? Like, you didn't know it was coming? 
Well, I guess I knew it was coming. Like I knew that that was a thing, but it, when as soon as it happened, I was like, "Oh!" Like I recoiled. I was like, "No, thank you." <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We open the show by talking about some weird stuff going on in the skies. And Loren has just thrown me a clip of a video capturing some of this. So I'm just going to play this. It might be really quiet here in Forte, so let's just give this a whirl. No. Oh, no, it's staying still. And it comes another one. And we saw all kinds of videos like this. Or McNabb, you said you, you were seeing all sorts of videos like this over the weekend, right? Yeah, I woke up Saturday morning and different people were remarking like, hey, did anyone else notice a strange sequence of lights in the sky or flashing lights or a single column of lights? And so uh, the guy that I follow on Twitter, he's crazy in Depeg, but his name is actually Scott Johnson. And so he forwarded me some of his videos. And sure enough, you can see these kind of lights moving in unison. And then what looks like a really linear, long line of them moving across the sky. Certainly not a plane, unless you think planes are moving in perfect uh, unison with one another. And so all sorts of different people were weighing in with what they thought they might be. And for the most part, I think people were right. But it had me reaching out to our friend at the planetarium, Brett, because we wanted to make sure we knew what we're talking about, because we often get people writing in about what they see in the sky. Yeah, that's right. So Scott Young from the planetarium, the Manitoba Museum, joins us now live on 680 CJOB. Scott, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Doing very well. So listen, we had some people saying it was this. Some people were saying it was that. Was it something? It was something. In fact, I saw them uh, the last two nights myself. Um, one of the benefits of the social isolation going on right now is that I've been uh, spending more time out under the stars by myself. And uh, both nights I saw these things come out of the West and move overhead. And sometimes you could only see one, but sometimes you could see two or three or four of them. My uh, my biggest count was eight of them above the horizon at a, at a given time. They're, they're all over the place. So what are they, Scott? Well... They are the Starlink satellites. Um, we all know Elon Musk and his uh, company SpaceX that's launching rockets and doing stuff. He's got this plan to bring Internet to the distant corners of the globe. And to do that, he is going to launch 12,000 of these satellites that will orbit the Earth and provide satellite Internet. So, so far, there are 360 of them that have been launched. They go up in, in chunks of 60. And... Um, all of the 60 in a given launch, they're all in the same orbit. So that means when we see them go over, um, they all appear to be in a line. And they actually sort of start out very close together after the launch, and then they slowly sort of spread out until they're sort of evenly distributed around the world. Um, the problem is, I mean, 12,000 of them, that's three times more than the number of stars the average person could see on a totally dark night in the middle of nowhere. Like, these things will outshine all of the stars um, by the time this plan is done. So, you, you know, they're unusual sightings right now. Pretty soon that'll be the new normal. That's all you're going to see is these satellites going over. 
Well, it's interesting that you say that because when I looked at some of the video and so uh, our local Winnipegger shared me video that he took Friday night, but then I saw other folks sharing what it looked like when it passed over the UK. And when you look at it, you think, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. Isn't that neat? And then hearing you talk, it, it sounds like the novelty of it will, will really wear off and we're going to maybe be losing something here, Scott, in terms of our greatest picture of the sky. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so all of these satellites are each brighter than the stars of the Big Dipper. Um, some of them are as bright as the brightest stars in the sky. So imagine trying to find constellations at night. You know, it's it's hard on any night if you're not really familiar with the sky. Now imagine if only, you know, a quarter of the dots that you're looking at are actually stars and the rest of them are brighter and moving around all over the place. Um, it it kind of reminds me, we just watched... Um, we just watched uh, the Disney movie Wall-E and, uh, you know, all the satellites that are in this big cloud around the Earth and just sort of blocking the whole thing. That's kind of what we're heading towards if this plan continues. Um, it's kind of a shame because, you know, with all of the, the, the lack of regulation and the changes under the, the Trump administration in the States, it's, it's sort of like, yeah, do whatever you want. We're not going to worry about the consequences. And normally I'm a big fan of SpaceX and normally I'm a big fan of, of space exploration and stuff like that. But this is just so short-sighted and so destructive that I'm, I'm having a hard time with it. When people do take to social media and post their pictures and post their video and ask these questions, like what, trying to figure out what's going on, is there an online resource where people can turn to find out what uh, is happening in the sky? Yeah, you know, we've uh, we started a new uh, initiative at the Manitoba Museum. Of course, we're all working from home as well. And uh, so Museum at Home, through our website and through our Facebook, carries information like this. There'll actually be uh, a story on Starlink going up uh, later today, probably. But uh, we, we cover that information and sort of what's up in the sky and where the planets are and all that kind of stuff uh, through manitobamuseum.ca. That's, that's your best um, sort of local Manitoba source for this kind of stuff. Scott, these things are what about 550 kilometers above the above the surface of the Earth, according to what I'm reading right now. And I, you know, I remember when Skylab came down in the in the late 70s and that concern about that. And are there regulations about who can throw what up in the sky like this? Well, there are um, satellites are uh, well, but unfortunately, they're recommendations. They're not regulations. So you're sp- not supposed to put stuff up there that you can't safely deorbit into the ocean or something like that so it's not going to land on someone's head yeah the skylab thing was a was a scary thing and um just recently the chinese space station the first one came out of orbit and luckily did not hit anyone um that's the kind of thing that you know these companies aren't worried about they're sort of like let's get up there let's do the space stuff and we'll worry about the rest later um now these things are up so so high and they're relatively small they're like suitcase size like small carry-on luggage kind of size satellites. So they're probably going to burn up completely where, when, they, when they come back in. The problem is we have no idea when or where that will be, and they could be up there for, for hundreds of years before they fall out of orbit sort of naturally because they are up so high. So it, it, it is really, um, you know, taking advantage of, well, no one's saying we can't do it, so we're not going to worry about it. And that's, the, I mean, that's, where, that's what got the world into the position that we're in right now, you know. A wild west of sorts, right? With no rules over oh, who's totally, in charge yeah. of what. And, yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's it's you don't want to stifle creativity, and you. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge fan of bringing internet to areas that don't have it. And um, actually, one of the 
one of the most important things we can do is to increase education around the world, um, and especially in third world countries, and provide internet access and things like that. So I, I, I don't want to be sort of the Debbie Downer on, on that idea. It's just that you can also do that with a wire on the ground, as opposed to, you know, having these satellites up there. Scott, I'm just thinking of the movie Gravity. I realize it's just a movie, but uh, I'm, you know, the the debris that was flying around in space that eventually took out their shuttle and uh, created the dramatic events that followed. With that many satellites flying around up there, is an event like what happened in Gravity? Is that something that could potentially happen? Well, right now, no, because things like the space station and stuff like that orbit around 400 kilometers. So these are up above the what we call sort of the low Earth orbit where the um, most of the human stuff goes on, at least right now. Um, I mean, there's, there's really no reason that that is the case other than it's easier to get to. But um, eventually, these things will start decaying down into lower orbits, and they will become a hazard, maybe not for, you know, 20, 30 years or something like that. But still, they will eventually... Um, cause a hazard. And, you know, a suitcase crashing into you at 25,000 kilometers an hour is not going to cause a small air leak or things like that. It's basically going to vaporize your spacecraft. So this is, this is a, a long-term nightmare for, for really anything in terms of uh, human space exploration. We're kind of building a cage around the Earth, and the Starlink satellites are the bars. Wow. It's fascinating stuff you're sharing with us right now. I actually didn't know all of this, and it's got me thinking. You mentioned the spare time you have on your hands that you got to see these lights in the sky last night. For those of us with time at home, what should we be looking for? Is there a way to 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 add this to our list of hobbies or other that we might be growing? Oh, because we, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great time to look at the sky. Yeah, and, and I, I do have to say, even though I know all that stuff, they did look pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and it, it was neat seeing these things, right? Um, you go outside after sunset. Um, right now, we've got the crescent moon and uh, brilliant planet Venus off in the west. Uh, the moon is moving on past Venus. Last night, they were sort of right close to each other. Um, so you can see those. And then basically, as soon as it starts getting dark, these satellites start coming over. Um, if you want to get detailed times, again, there's a link on the Manitoba Museum website. Um, I also saw the space station come over, which was kind of cool. It's much brighter. Um, there's only one of it, but that's kind of neat to go over because that's, you know, there's a, a moving dot that there's six people living on right now, which is, which is kind of amazing. Um, and really looking at the constellations and things like that, uh, as part of our Museum at Home series, I'm just producing right now um, little two-minute videos on different constellations so people can go out and find them and, and hear a bit about the, the mythology of them and, and see what there is to see in them in terms of interesting stars and stuff like that. So if you're, if you're looking to do some stargazing, now's a really good time. We'll have some resources online this week. Scott Young, manager of the Planetarium and Science Gallery at the Manitoba Museum, joining us live on CJOB. Scott, thank you for this. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Always great to talk to Scott. And clearly there is a ton of interest because we're getting just an avalanche of text messages here. One person saying, I counted 10 in a row. Another person says, Scott from Bird River says, I watched 32 of the satellites following the space station last night, just past 9 p.m. And another person saying, I counted 120. Oh, wow. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. 
And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.